when you say things like God take me back to the garden or let's get let's get to Genesis again there's a reverence there that we don't have anymore you know there's a understanding of God's character there that we've somehow lost but this is a bonus episode let's do it What is up, guys? A long time no see. Or no hear, or whatever the heck. I don't know. But it's been a minute. Because we're still in between seasons. So, you know, we have longer breaks than usual. But I'm here nonetheless. I'm very excited for today's topic. Um, Also, it is very hot. It's like 900 degrees outside and I had to turn off my AC to film or to record this because it would be too much noise. So I'm sweating for you guys. So um, if you're new here, welcome to Falling Upward. Uh, full episodes are typically between 35 to 40 minutes. Um, but because we're between seasons and I'm doing bonus episodes, these are usually about 15, 20 minutes. It depends, but I try to keep them shorter than usual. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are right now. If you're not already, you can follow me on social media. Um, that information will be in the description of this episode as always. Uh, any scriptures or things that I bring up will also be in the description of this episode. So if you didn't quite hear it, uh the first time then you can just look at the description and everything will be there but i'm so happy that you're here and we get to chat i'm just gonna be fun because i haven't done this in a while and i'm kind of kind of going through withdrawals (laughs) so i posted this thing on social media i'm like not really on social media right now for the most part i deleted all the apps off my phone because it's just like It's just, I mean, it's just so many things. It, sometimes it's a stronghold, sometimes it's a distraction, and I just needed a break. So I'm not really on there, but when, you know, when I did, I downloaded it, or I downloaded Instagram like a week ago just to post this specific thing because after I had sat down with the Lord and, like, we were just talking about this thing that I'm going to bring up in a minute. Just like, because I'm learning so much right now. And that's just how I process things is I I just talk to God about them. So, I mean, as one would. So (laughs) I was thinking about, like, I'm thinking about this particular thing. And once I got, once I heard from him and got the the clarity and everything, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't keep this to myself (laughs) um you know there are certain things that like I just there's certain things that I know would are not just for me and this was one of them because it wasn't like it was just something that I was processing through like just for my sake but I honestly was looking into this particular thing not just for me but for the people around me and potentially for the platforms that I have, but not specifically. Just like trying to get knowledge on this particular thing so that I could talk about it at some point. Um, But anyway, thinking about um, Genesis, thinking about the fall of man, the story in the garden. And I was thinking and I was like, you know, every time I've heard that story, it's just like, it's like the same thing. Like, you know, Eve 
falls into temptation, eats the fruit, gives it to Adam. They hide from God. And that's it. Poor Adam and Eve, you know? And from the, from the stories that I've heard, the interpretations that I've heard of that story, I've always thought like, oh, dang, poor Adam and Eve. Like, they didn't know any better. <laughs> so anyway, after sitting and thinking about this and talking to God about it and just, you know, trying to get a better understanding of it, I was like, mm, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe it's not such a, you know, all oh, poor them type of thing. So I wrote out this thing and I'm going to read portions of it to you because it's just better if I do that as opposed to me just trying to like paraphrase paraphrase something I've already I'm having trouble speaking today (laughs) anyway um let's do that so I said I honestly believe that if we saw what happened in the garden for what it was we'd view the way we live our own lives a lot differently it's not as complex as we make it The simplicity of the story, however, does not diminish its significance, okay? That was the other thing for me, is I was like, okay, the story is so, like, cookie cutter. It's just like, okay, well, they made a mistake, which they did. Um, But it's not, like, I just, I guess the way that I sorted out in my head just made me think that, like, it wasn't a big deal. Um, But anyway, if you don't know, right, I can't be so... um, I can't just assume. If you don't know, the story I'm referencing is in Genesis 3, the temptation and the fall of man. And it's verses 1 through 7, which I'm going to read to you because it's short and sweet. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die. The serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they saw they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Okay, so now you've got the story. You have the context uh, of what I'm referencing. So this is is what happens. God gives them, uh, he tells them what they can and cannot do. They They had access to so much and it was like this one thing you cannot just don't do this thing. And it was just like a, like, I say later on in this thing that I wrote that it's like, don't touch the red button type thing, you know? Saying that I can't do this thing makes me want to do it even more. And um, I just think that like our understanding of this story has to be as clear as the story is, if that makes sense. So anyway, So in the next part, I said, I'm not quoting the Bible anymore. These are the things that I wrote. Uh, To understand how holy and sovereign God is and to still actively sin against him shows just how toxic our own hearts are for us and how contemptuous we can be. The garden is a reminder that we can be very sure of what is right and in the same breath do what is wrong. Because when the serpent spoke to Eve, she was like, no, God said... We can't do that. He was like, nah, God was joking. And so 
there have been times where it's like you're face to face with something and it's like I know that I shouldn't be doing this or I know God wouldn't be pleased with this or you know whatever you know very well um that this isn't something that you should be doing and it's like uh well <laughs> like it says in the scripture it was desirable to Eve it, be, it looked good and it seemed like something that wasn't too harmful and that's usually how sin is presented to us it's like oh it's not it's okay <laughs> and um but it's not like they didn't have any instruction in my mind the various times that I've heard this it's like oh well they were new to earth they were you know they didn't know any better but they actually did in fact they had just been given instruction on what they should and should not do right I always saw Adam and Eve as innocent children who didn't know any better. They were new to everything and just wanted to explore. But that's not the case. God made sure they knew what they could and could not do. And they found themselves, like I said earlier, in a don't push the red button scenario and couldn't help it for much longer. Sometimes when you're in this space, face to face with an opportunity to sin, it can get to a point where it's like, I don't have a choice right now. Like, I have to do this or I'm going to, like, explode. That's how far it can get where it's like I know that I shouldn't be doing this but I also can't shake it and instead of like praying or asking God for help I'm just gonna do it and then I'll talk to him about it later I can read about David and think without a question in mind that he'd fallen and fallen far from grace right and what I'm referencing there is 2nd Samuel 11 if you're not familiar with that story um, I, it goes on for about 26 verses. Okay. Yes, this is the one that I will not read. Um, <laughs> it goes on for about 26 verses. It's this whole thing, and I really need you to read it to fully understand why I'm saying it, his story is much more blatantly sinful than Adam and Eve. Um, and it says at the very end of the chapter, verse 27... The Lord considered what David had done to be evil. So, you know, through all of that, like it's and it's pretty intense. I was reading this because even though like I had I had somewhat of a understanding of like what happens in this story, I still wanted to be sure that I knew that I knew that I knew what I was talking about when I wrote this. So I read it again and I was like, dang, David. But like, this is what I was talking about when I was saying it was so much easier for me to be like, that's terrible than to read about Adam and Eve and be like, and feel the same way, you know, when all sin is bad. But Adam and Eve, they didn't know any better. And that, my friends, is the problem. If we find ourselves justifying one sin over the other, categorizing them into what hurts God the most versus what he gives us a pass on, then we've missed the mark. Yes, he is faithful and forgiving, but that does not take away from the fact that he is also sovereign, omniscient, and immutable. Okay, there is no Old Testament versus New Testament God. He has remained and will remain the same. So we cannot simply, you know, accept one portion of him and rid our theologies of the other. It just doesn't work that way <laughs> this is something that I've done in the past and sometimes still find myself doing because it's a subconscious thing most of the time which I'll touch on in a minute as well um but I've found recently and I talked about this a little bit in in the episode in season one uh why I read the bible for myself 
um you know there's just so much that like gets taken out of not only are there parts of the bible that get taken out of context but also they just are overlooked completely and so then you end up having um conversations like oh what do you think about sex before marriage what are your thoughts on and asking christians these questions what are your thoughts on homosexuality when there are no thoughts to have because the Bible is very clear about how we should view those things. So if if our view is anything other than that, um, then I have to I have to question your entire theology. You know, I can't we can't be accepting in, in terms of um, co-signing one thing over the other. You know, I can't say, oh, well, you know, it's really bad if you kill someone. But fornicating is fine. You know, and I'm using things that are talked about a lot, but the the uh, parameters of sin can <laughs> it's it far exceeds just those three things. If we're gonna call ourselves saved or disciples, then let's really let's really be about it. As children of the Most High, we are to follow Him in acknowledgement of just that. We are not called to be followers of the God that we've created in our heads. We are not called to glorify some sins over others. We are not called to water down the gospel and deliver it in a way that pleases the world. Jesus was not concerned about appealing to or inspiring anyone. I mean, if you think about him like flipping tables in the temple, I don't know what about that says, you know, let's try and reach everyone with something like that. Now, granted, that's one of the more extreme things, but it's just... Uh, an indication that that that's not that should not be our concern because it wasn't Jesus's concern. And if we're following Him, and we're doing His work, then let's follow. Let's actually follow the blueprint, you know, instead of taking bits and pieces and saying, "Well, this is this will pass, or this will be fine," because I don't want to offend this person, or I I don't want to offend this person. And that's just not. What's the point? Honestly, what what is the point then? Because now you're striving to not offend anybody and in the process you're watering down um the message that jesus gave us uh to save the very people that you're trying to save do you get what i'm saying like i'm trying to um uh, approach these people in the same way that jesus did but not in the same way that jesus did the more we become concerned with um, pleasing the world and appealing to the world and looking like the world and sounding like the world, the further and further and further and further away we're straying from God and the outline that he so clearly gave us. I, I think I said this earlier already, but the Bible is just very clear about how we should carry this out. The book of Acts is very clear on how we should be carrying this out. And later on in this post, I said, I, I find myself wondering how we got from Acts to this, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to bash the church. OK, don't freak out. But it is flawed. And I cannot um, I cannot sit and read the Bible and spend time with God and notice these things and not say anything about it, specifically because the Bible also mentions countless times to call out these things when you see them. So, um, you know, if, if you see something like this and decide not to say anything about it, you might as well do the thing that you're watching. So Jesus was not concerned about appealing to or inspiring anyone. He knew what he was saying was enough. 
The gospel is enough. The Bible is enough. And until we see it that way, we will continue to compensate for where we feel like it falls short. And it's the same thing that I'm talking about with how it's been watered down. We feel like this is too hard. So let's not say this, but we'll say the other part. And then we'll just, you know, add some fluff to it and everything will be fine. And we're just sending people to hell, essentially, because we're not giving them the whole truth. I look at the church today and find myself wondering just how we got from Acts to this. We have become an irreverent people, and most of what cultivates that lifestyle are things we do say or think subconsciously. And so this, this is the important part for me because, you know, I can say all of these things and be like, oh, you guys are terrible. But a lot of it is, like I said in the beginning or earlier, is that it's a lot of it is subconscious stuff. That doesn't justify it, but it means that you need to take a closer look than just what's on the surface. Because a lot of people will say, well, I'm not living in a reverent life because I go to church and I go to Bible study and I'm on this team and I'm in this choir and I play this instrument and I do this and I do. And those things are fine. But if you have no relationship, then it's all of it is futile. Um, If you're not actually living for God, then all of it is futile. Okay, so that's that's what when I'm saying we've become an irreverent people because we have glorified those things over um, the life that we're truly meant to live. Anytime that you find yourself focused and fixated on anything other than God, and I really mean other than God, not what God has given you, but God himself. If you have, if you find yourself fixated or focused or putting time into anything other than him and your relationship with him, then those are the things that you are worshiping. Those are the things that your life is committed to. So this is why, this is why falling upward is a thing, this whole concept. The closer you are attending to your relationship with God and the more cognizant you are of how diligently you're stewarding the seasons you're in, the more likely you'll be able to pick up on when you're living outside of the frequencies God strategically placed you in. Okay, that's a mouthful. So the the more the more time that I'm spending with God, right? I'm understanding that everything that I experience is um, happening because of His involvement in my life, right? When I have that understanding and I understand His will for me and all of that stuff, the minute that I try to operate outside of any of that, outside of His grace, I will notice it. Maybe I don't want to change it, but I will know. And that's what spending time does because you you link up. It's kind of like I use this um, analogy sometimes. It's like having a good like Wi-Fi connection or Bluetooth connection or something like that. The further you get from the source, the harder it is to connect to it. Okay, so the further and further away that I am straying from God, the harder and harder it is to hear from him or to discern certain things because I've made it a point to ignore him. So now when I'm trying to hear from him, it's like, well, wait, I forgot what his voice sounds like because I haven't been spending the time or I haven't been close enough. Okay, and so that is what I'm talking about when I'm saying understanding the importance of tending to your relationship so that you can pick up on those things and then it's up to you Uh, to respond appropriately you'll know when you're operating outside of his grace and how you respond to that like i said earlier is an indication of growth or lack thereof 
Okay, so I can either say, you know what, I, this is not, this is not it. I am, I'm living in a reverent life. I'm not focused on God. I'm so consumed with other things. I, you really have to take like a deep look. This is, this is the work that like nobody wants to do. I don't want to do it half the time. But you really have to take a deep look and say, okay, what are the things that I'm worshiping? And I feel like a lot of people, especially me at one point, you have this image of someone worshiping something. It's like, you know, you're praying to it. And it, and it's, and it becomes a very, very literal thing for us. But it could just easily be what you're paying more attention to, what you're giving more time to. And so I had to delete social media. I don't really uh, watch TV as much as I used to because I realized that the thing that was lacking was my relationship with God. And the reason I was unhappy, or not unhappy, but um, falling back into this place of depression is because I was not clinging to the proper source. I'm trying to hear from God uh, and not even realizing that I'm trying to hear from God, but I'm trying to grow off of things that aren't meant to help me grow in the first place it's like watering a plant with soda you know so this is this is very important and that's why i wanted to share it on here because i don't know who who if the same people that follow me on instagram listen to this podcast and vice versa so i just wanted to put it on all the platforms that i have um this is something that's really important. Go back and read those stories and ask God for revelation because I think that there's so much that we miss out on when we read a story just trying to get one thing out of it. And so I've started to just read it for what it is and ask God to show me whatever he wants to show me that way. So anyway, um, let me just share this uh this prayer with you and then i am out of here i think i'm well over 20 minutes anyway so i'm gonna do this real quick and then you you go on with your life but i i really hope that um this sticks with you this isn't just pretty words that i thought sounded good blended together this is this is our life this is a matter of life and death we have to um get it together but anyway this is the last thing because we find ourselves building altars where we believe there to be living water we must monitor what we're putting our trust in whatever we're tending to the most is what we're worshiping to wait on the lord is more than just to stand in a place of expectancy for a miracle but it also means to serve him and what i realized uh when this is another thing that i was just sitting and talking to the lord about um you always hear or think about waiting on god as you know, waiting for him to come through in this area of your life or waiting for him to speak to you on this particular thing. But to be waited on is to be served as well. And so in some aspects of our lives, we have to wait on the Lord. We need to have our ears open. We need to keep our eye out for when he lifts his hand for us to come to the table. We need to, you know, we need to be on the lookout for when, not just when he wants us to do something, but he wants to put something on our hearts. He wants to speak to us or whatever it is. So to wait is not just to sit in a place of expectancy, but it's also to serve him, right? We can't, like I said earlier, you can't take one part and not the other. But when our gaze is lifted, so our dependency is also. Let's not build altars in friendships or marriages or titles, church positions or anything of the sort. Those things will run out if we're relying on them for the wrong thing. Okay? But thanks be to God that we have a well that never runs dry. We do have access to a well that never runs dry. You have to put those things in their proper place because I'm not saying that they aren't good and that they can't be fruitful, but 
they will not be fruitful if you glorify them in the wrong way, if you put them on the throne, okay? So anyway, Father, we thank you for never running out on us, and thank you for tearing the veil that we may have access to such a sovereign God. Thank you for being the water and the well, so when we find ourselves lacking, we find, or when we find our souls yearning, all we have to do is lower the pail, and there you are to bring us out of that desolate place. Anywhere without you is without life. So thank you for living water and for abundant life. Thank you for sending your son and for taking on the weight of the world that we may be saved from the depths of hell. Thank you for the blood that covers our sins so that when you see us, you see Jesus. Thank you for it all. In your name, Jesus. Amen. That is it. I'm going to leave now. Maybe you need to go back and listen to this a few times. So I'm going to go. Um, I'll see you when I see you. Stay tuned for season two. It's coming real soon and I have a lot of stuff lined up. Thank you for listening. I love all of you. Eyes up.